Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic, walls. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. All right, we're not talking like gypsum walls, <laughs> physical walls in a house. Right. Not yet. Right, no. We're talking metaphorical walls in some way, but we are actually talking about literal big walls. Yes. So this comes out of the National Church, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Our overarching body has created a resource for us to recognize and honor the 30th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. So the date of the fall is November 9th. And this year, 2019, will mark 30 years. Do you remember anything about the fall when you were a kid? What I remember is people partying on top of that wall. Those are the images I remember. Wow. Being on top and not being shot out, essentially. Wow. Because otherwise, the stories of that wall, it's not good. Yeah. All I really strongly remember about it is having a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I totally had a t-shirt with like a broken wall and the date on it or something like that. Sure. That young little tiny person to me wore this t-shirt. So I was pretty young at the time. Excellent. But there's a lot more. Obviously, there's a ton of history and information about this wall. One great place for folks to learn more about the Berlin Wall if you are younger than us and so know even less than mm-hmm. we do about the fall of the wall Dr. Gerd Horton is a member of our congregation. He teaches history at Concordia University here in Portland. Yep. And he just finished writing a book that will be out in the coming year about the Berlin Wall and its impacts and effects and history and all kind of stuff. So he's a brilliant writer and historian. He did a kind of a sneak peek preview learning hour for us Yep. this last Sunday. It is on our Facebook page and we will link it absolutely on the podcast link page. So if you go to centralportland.org, if you're getting this podcast elsewhere, you can click on the church basement link, find the listing for this week's podcast on walls, and then that will send you off to the link of Dr. Horton talking all about the wall and its history. Absolutely. Now, I'm assuming that in addition to it being the 30th anniversary is a really wonderful jumping off point for other walls that we're talking about in this day and age. Absolutely. Is that where I think the significance of it being 30 years is having more of an impact? Well, Yes, and. So the Lutheran Church in Germany had quite a bit to do with the fall of the wall in Berlin. And the peaceful protest action and the things that were done in order to lead people to breaking this wall down and reuniting East and West. So because of the role the church played in that 30 years ago, and because the church continues to this day to participate in taking action against walls, for example, we have been a part of the Peace Not Walls campaign for most of my entire ministry. I think the Oregon Senate voted on that during my internship year. Okay. And the Peace Not Walls campaign through the ELCA says that the wall that is being built in the Holy Land, the wall that has been built, the wall that exists in the Holy Land is harmful and detrimental 
and sure. that our voices are raised alongside of the voices of those who call for an end to that wall. That it not only is divisive, but it causes violence, it incites violence, it blocks the ability of things to be healthy. It's a danger. And so the Peace Not Walls campaign mm -hmm. is a group of folks who have for much longer than a decade been calling out for justice in the Middle East and for a voice for those who are Palestinian and particularly the Palestinian Christians and also the Palestinian Muslims, that this group of people are facing incredible pain and harm from the wall that exists there. And then it goes on, right? We are very active as a denomination at the wall at our southern border now. Yeah. And we have the wall that is being built between the U.S. and Mexico. And we have even before our current administration, the ELCA has been active with Amparo. Amparo is an organization that accompanies unaccompanied minors, when okay. they arrive in the United States and works alongside of them in order to give them voice and in order to help them have people who will advocate for and with them. And Amparo has been a very powerful organization in the sense of they're doing good work, not that they like actually have a whole bunch of power, sure, but they're doing incredible work on behalf of these unaccompanied minors who have been coming into our country for years through the southern border because of such incredible civil unrest and such danger faced in the southern region of our continent. And so as the ELCA, we lift up these examples that we worked together, that the Lutheran Church and our theology and our faith called us to help break down the wall in Germany. And our faith is still calling us to help us break down the wall in Palestine and is helping calling us to break down the wall between us and Mexico. And these are very clear social justice issues. They're issues that we at Central Lutheran have been very active with for a very long time. We've had a strong Holy Land ministry here at Central for a very long time advocating for the people of Palestine. And we also are very active with the Interfaith Movement for Immigrant Justice and have since the foundation of that organization here in Oregon, seeking to advocate and work alongside of those who are facing asylum seeking or refugee status or those kinds of pieces. And so our passions fit in with this quite well and will be holding our service this Sunday after the 30th anniversary. We're holding it the day after. Mm -hmm. But it's a beautiful opportunity to think about not just these literal physical walls that divide us, but more walls than just that. How do we divide ourselves from others? How do we block ourselves off from other people? What are the barriers? A wall can be protective, but oftentimes walls are created to be barriers. Yeah. And what walls do we create in order to keep ourselves safe, in order to protect our own, all the different things that a wall can bring? I'm fascinated by walls that get built for political reasons. And it's always fascinating to me who's trying to keep things out versus who's trying to keep stuff in. Yeah. And how it just never really lasts and works for what you would want it to. It's kind of fascinating, mm -hmm. right? If we think about the walls in our lives, it really depends on which side you're on. Oh, totally. As to whether or not you think it's beneficial or harmful. And where are the resources needed, depending upon when the wall goes up? You know, one of the things that I have been fascinated by, for better or for worse, I think sometimes it's these little pieces that can tug at our hearts because it's 
off topic enough from the rhetoric that we've heard that we're Mm -hmm. able to form a new story around it. Sure. Rather than fighting the rhetoric. When it came to the wall on the southern border, one of the days that I got real sad was when I started to hear about the impact it would have on wildlife. Oh, and migration patterns. Completely unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. The migration patterns of wildlife in that region and how it will cut off some of these land based creatures from being able to make their migration patterns happen. Because I think we make it so hard to have compassion for humans. Oh, yeah. Human. I mean, if you're not going to have compassion for the human component, you're just not going to give anything for the animal. Or maybe you can think of the animal and suddenly have compassion. I would hope so. Because you're like, oh, well, they're helpless in this situation. They didn't choose it versus a human being is choosing this thing, right? They're choosing to break the law. They're choosing to, right? We have myths around people's choice and myths around people's capacity to, you know, they're breaking the law. They're knowingly breaking the Mm -hmm. law is part of the myth, right? And so we don't have as much compassion. We think, well, we should put a wall there so they don't break the wall. We're helping them not break the law. Not break the law. There are always more impacts that creating barriers has, right? Things that we don't think of. And Mm -hmm. we can harden our hearts to some impacts. And maybe we harden our hearts to the human impact. And we create rhetoric and we create story in order to harden our hearts to the human impact. And yet there's so much that these barriers between us harm. And if we can let ourselves have a little chip in the armor of the walls around our hearts, if we can feel compassion for that coyote or a mountain lion, then maybe we can start to have compassion for the mother and her child or the father desperate to create a new life for his kids. How do we break down these walls? How do we break open our hearts to try to even want to break down the walls? How do we begin to see the story behind the human eyes looking at us from the other side of the wall? What do you think makes the Berlin Wall different from the border wall or the Palestine Wall? It's not in our country and it's far away. Well, yes, but the Berlin Wall came down in a way that the Palestine Wall has not and the border wall is going up. Right. What do you think is different about that particular situation? What lessons did we learn on one that we have yet to learn on the other? I think that's a great question for someone like Dr. Horton. Okay. Right. That's fair. Right. I wonder, we have members who lived on each side of that wall during wartime and after in the years that ensued who grew up in that area. And they talk about the impact of the wall and they talk about their stories I don't know what the difference is, right? It was there for how many decades before Mm -hmm. it started to come down, right? And the Palestinian wall hasn't been there for decades. I mean, it's been there more than a decade now, I believe, but it hasn't been 30 years, right? And maybe a time component and a generational thing. Maybe generation, maybe, maybe just activity. Maybe the people saying we've had enough of this division and we're going to make this change. Maybe there's a point in time where people make their voices heard that makes a difference. I don't know. What I know is that these walls aren't helpful. I mean, the same ways that the walls of mass incarceration are not helpful to our culture. No. Right? And we block off or wall off parts of our culture that we don't want to see or don't want to know about. Well, or we potentially don't know what to do with. Mm. Right? 
Mm-hmm. And if I don't have to see it, then I don't have to deal with it. Oofta. Yeah. Which is so terribly sinful. Oh, yeah. Right? Like deeply and terribly sinful. These are human beings and these are lives. To think that if people of privilege get uncomfortable, that we're just going to make things go away. Well, sure. I mean, and we're there's gonna, a reason the yep. neighbor-hater fence is the thing that it is, right? <laughs> what is the neighbor-hater fence? Well, if you have a neighbor that's being a problem, then the first thing you're going to do is build a big old tall fence so you don't have to deal with it anymore. Wow. Totally. Right? Fair. There's no Wilson from <laughs> Home Improvement, Home Improvement looking over peeking the- over solving all your problems. <laughs> Yeah, did you have fences in your yard growing up? Not even remotely. Yeah, we didn't either. But you know what my parents have now? Well, my parents don't have fences, but those around them do. Yeah. You can't play kick the can with seven gigantic backyards in the Midwest anymore. Right. Because of all the fences. And I think about, you know, how much we require like, oh, well, I need a fully fenced backyard because I have a dog. We lived on 13 acres with no fence and had plenty of dogs free roaming. Like, it's a whole different way same thing with kids they were neighborhood kids all over the place yeah and it nobody really worried about if they got lost or where they were going to be yeah it's fascinating Mm -hmm. isn't it I wonder how much things change because we've been building fences and how much has changed that cause us to build the fences exactly it's very much chicken and the egg it's so chicken and the fence yeah And we're as a congregation trying to figure out how to get to know our neighbors. And man, I miss front porches a lot. Oh, sure. Because it's a place to sit and hang out. It was an East Coast thing maybe, but the houses around here just aren't built with front porches. They've got front walkways, but not front porches where you hang out together. and and Build community? Yeah. I spent a lot of time on my front porch as a kid Mm -hmm. in both houses, in my mom's and my dad's house. The front porch was the place to be. The backyard was kind of boring. Okay, so we started this with the Berlin Wall. Yeah. Big commemoration. And I know that Central in particular has got a couple of learning hours specific to the walls. Yeah. What other ones are coming up that you can call out that people can look for either on our website or do research on their own? Sure. So we had Gerd come and talk about the Berlin Wall, so people can certainly check that out. And then we're going to have two weeks on the Palestinian Wall and the impact of that wall on the children. Oh, again, unintended consequences. Right. And so that will run two weeks. We're going to take a week off in the middle of it. We're going to have the first week and then we'll have a Sunday without it. And then we'll have another week. So people can watch for that. There are some amazing films out there. Okay. And different pieces of information about just the incredible impact that this wall is having on the children. Yes. And we will try to link to those as well on our website. And one of the things that I thought about years ago when I first started hearing and listening to this passionate conversation around Palestine and Israel and the wall, I have yet to encounter someone who is middle of the road on this. Like it's deeply passionate topic. Oh, on both sides. On both sides. Deeply, deeply passionate. And one of the pieces that I wonder about is when I'm sitting here in my housing with my health insurance and food on the table and my child is safe, if I can't talk to my fellow church member without getting angry and yelling at each other, 
mm-hmm. about this topic, then how do we expect people whose children are growing up terrified mm-hmm. to have an easy conversation about this? A bomb could land at any time on their home. And so I think just the complexity of that and the reality of the impact that has on children who have been living in that environment for their entire lives. It's hard enough we see the impact that school shootings sure, and our kids who have now grown up their entire lives with school shootings being normalized. Oh, yeah. Right? We see the impact on that in our North American children. Can we even imagine for a moment the impact of this conflict? No. On a generation of children? No. I can't imagine any child getting anywhere in life knowing the constant fear in the back of your mind. And that is all over our world, right? Yeah. It's not just in Palestine and Israel. It's not just in one place. But I guess as we're saying, this is what we're talking about in our learning hour is the impact on the children. I think it's important to remember this is our holy land. This is where our story rests. The story of Jesus is that he was a child of an unwed mother in a land under occupation. Mm-hmm. He's the child of that environment. What are the children in that environment learning now? Sure. So that's coming up. And then in January, our own Dr. Jenny Feldman, she's a physician who will be going to the border wall along the Mexico border and will be doing medical work there. And she will be coming back in January and talking about her experience and what she has seen and what she has experienced serving along the Mexican border wall. And so that will be coming up in January. That one is going to be really hard just because it's so close to home. Yeah. And I think we all should have our eyes opened a little more at what's happening. Yeah. It's devastating. It really is. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. Yeah. What do you think is the hardest wall for you to break down? (sighs) I think one of the walls that I find super challenging is trying to figure out which ones to break down and which ones to build up. Sure. I take this question to like a metaphorical place. I'm not talking about the walls between my neighbors. I'm going to take my fence down because I need my dog to stay safe and I live near a busy road. But when I think about the walls that I put up in my life, they're mostly around my emotion Mm -hmm. or my physical well-being. And I think that in my past, I have chosen to not put some barriers up, some boundaries up that has caused some unhealth. And I think that learning how to take boundaries or barriers, maybe that's the difference, right? Learning from me what the difference between a barrier and a boundary is. Sure. And trying to figure out with walls, what's the difference between a boundary and a barrier? Sure. And a boundary maybe is something that is a good thing for me to set and to say, nope, this is unacceptable behavior. And a barrier is something that is protecting me from you. Therefore, I am automatically othering someone else or something else. So I think for me, the hardest thing is to learn that. What is a boundary and what is a barrier? Because boundaries help both sides of the equation and barriers just block us from relationship. And so how do I see a wall Mm -hmm. as a boundary instead of as a barrier? Navigating which is which. And how to do that in a healthy way. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about walls. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for your interest. You are very welcome to come and join us for Learning Hours. 
You have no obligation to come into the worship service unless you would love to, which we would love to have you join us. Our learning hours are at 9 a.m. on Sunday, and worship is at 10.15 each week. You can also join us by a live stream on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. And until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you, no matter what.